Hi, and welcome to the 83rd edition of Keen Minds. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is season six, episode 20. Guillermo Riesel, uh, my horribly butchering his name we've had discussions about my <laughs> i don't know he, he i think he is supposed to be from thailand okay. so i'm not sure how they <laughs> would pronounce the name in there i mean in spanish it would be Rizal, but i'm not sure okay. how it would be pronounced in, in thailand sorry crazy Entire. man that you know kidnaps children to experiment on them i'm probably butchering your name i'm jen aka takata cycle and i'm tessa and how you like this episode? I liked it a lot better on my rewatch. I was halfway sick watching it last night, and I walked away, like, just feeling really bummed. And I think I was just so angry over and focused on Red, because I'd, I'd been on a tear all day online. As they released that scene, um, that one of those first scenes with Liz and Red's conversation earlier in the day. And I just... I, I tried to, because there's so much of that, that they release those, and it's a piece of a scene, there's more that's going to happen, there's so much that goes into that, that I try not to judge it in that moment, but the more I saw it, and the more I looked at it, the angrier I got, and then on top of that, I didn't feel well when I watched the episode, so I just walked away going... Like a unicorn, like stabbed by a, yes. by a unicorn. It was like being something that doesn't quite exist, but the pain is very real. And so I rewatched it this morning and I I really did like the episode. It hit on a lot of themes that I'm very fond of. The reason I'm still with the show uh, to a great degree is the the fact that I do love a lot of the themes that have been going through this this show from the beginning. And um, so there were a lot of high points that we will cover throughout the episode. What about you, Tessa? I actually love the episode, and I've learned that when we get one of those heavy mythology episodes, um, such as Requiem, uh, usually the episode that follows it has a lot of stuff, especially mm -hmm. what I call the the not-quite-so-mythology episodes, such as um, uh, Dom's Little Tale, Rasfet, and Cape May, Red Hallucinates on opium um generally the next episode has uh and the, fo the following or before episode had a lot of information on it that i that i like so i i was expecting that i was going to really like this one and i did it was it was i think it was awesome I think it was well constructed. I love the little X file feel to it, and the reason, which actually felt like, yeah, that's something a crazy scientist might do. Yeah, I mean, taking things to an absolute extreme. I mean, he truly thought he was trying to save humanity. He had no really ill will towards the kids. I mean, because I don't think he was actually trying to hurt them in the long run. Oh. I, I think he was trying to keep them safe. He just was willing to terrify them and temporarily hurt them to get to where he wanted to go. And so he put a kid in danger to potentially save them. And that's a theme that we've seen a lot in this show. And um, it kind of reminds... I, I think he was willing to kill the other two. Um, because it was the, the, uh, the reasonable end to an experiment. Let's see how far I can get this thing before the other one starts getting hurt. 
And he sure was not going to return those kids to the parents because that was the genetic makeup was what was of interest to him. No, no, they were not going back. Um, It was interesting because all those other kids looked like they'd been there for a long time because they weren't reacting to Liz and Wrestler coming in. They they acted like they'd been in captivity for a long time instead of like those little girls who had just immediately jumped mm-hmm. would have jumped up and you know yeah ran well they, people. The, Liz said that they he, she had found a bunch of other mm-hmm. child abductions of kids that were that were that as she looked at them they were they were twins yeah I think it was within the last oh she said I'm trying to remember how what the time period was but these kids looked like they'd been there for a long while so I mean yeah. there could have been Maybe more than month. I was gonna say there could have been more than just what they were seeing too I mean some of those kids could have been there a year or two and if that's the case then they've you know I mean they're kind of used to where they're at at that age people you know kids acclimate mm-hmm. and they adjust I mean they don't they're not old enough to know necessarily. You know that this is how just how horrific it is. So, something interesting, real fast before we jump into something else. Um, kind of felt like a callback to the Cypress Agency, just a little yes, bit. Yes, it did. Um, not like not to the point where it felt like a repeat. Like, oh, well, this has been done before. It was just a nice callback that linked it with the themes and the ideas of family. It was DNA. And, it was yeah. it was finding. All these kids that were mm-hmm. twins, yet their DNA was not identical. Um, it had to be do with families that have been somewhat manipulated by putting kids that mm-hmm. were not theirs, or and, that their makeup, genetic makeup, was not clear. And we've had a theme uh, in the blacklist, and it's also hey, I'm about to pull a genre here. It's also mm-hmm. in the genre of <laughs> of the spy-esque sort of TV shows. But I was thinking about it today that mani- the manipulation of children, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, because we saw it in the Cypress Agency. We saw it with St. Regis, where Bud would go out and pick up, you know, delinquent youth with a certain set of skills already mm-hmm. and raise them to be these operatives. Red's talked about, uh, I don't remember the exact phrase, you probably will, but from um, from Mr. Solomon Part 2, uh, where, where Liz is quote-unquote dying, and they're talking about children. Uh, it's not the weight of the world on children, but it's something like that. It is the children that the world, um, that the world um, tries to break, kill or destroy... Break. The, to break that grow up to save the world. Yeah. And so this idea of children being put through the ringer in order to save the world or to, to do whatever the person, you know, that's orchestrating it wants them to do. I mean, with St. Regis, it certainly wasn't saving the world. It was making Bill McCready money. But, you know, this general theme has been running through. And the thing outside of Blacklist I was thinking of was Alias. You had, mm-hmm. you know, the organization that would train I children. I never saw Alias. Uh, you had an organization that the dad was involved with that trained kids basically to grow up to be spies. And Sydney was part of that in it. But yeah. I thought about that when Liz was talking to Red at the end of it and said, did you train me? Because I need to protect Agnes. I agree there. There is there is certainly a, a, a parallel. I saw it very clearly. This is about children. Children, and it's funny because um, in season five, the motto of the show was family, dog, business. And 
this this we have had this is the second time that we have in the show somebody's child um being talked about taking the family business taking over the family business we had the crazy um uh lady that was killing the the drunkards lady lock Lock, Uh, and then the daughter took over the family business and this is teddy uh brimley Mm -hmm. saying ah so much for me trying to make this into a family business and then Liz just talking about how she was basically trained. Um, My question is, where on earth was she getting that? Because from the story that she was told, I mean, now, while I personally think looking at it that she had time with Ilias somewhere in there, but from the story she was told, that wasn't obvious. Um and so I'm trying no. to figure out why she would think he trained her there, like as a child. I, I would think, I would lean more towards Katarina training her. Well, uh, and of course that's going to play as a Ritherina hint oh. or or red herring if you are into that. Um, I think that there also may be an answer from a deleted scene. That we haven't seen. That's possible. A lot of the things that seem to... Like, I remember there was a point in which that scene with, with Tom didn't quite make any sense about, you know, Red saying that that's why I was so against uh, getting you in involved with the Kirk assassination stuff and stopping him. And at the time, I remember thinking, this makes no sense whatsoever. And it made sense when we had that deleted scene in which Red is saying, oh, you, you know, I'm taking you off the case because it's your father now. That's when that scene made sense. I mean, you kind of like could tell that there was something there that yeah. got caught up for time. Yeah. I mean, and they've got so many commercials that, that they, yeah, they it, do it have to cut ridiculous. a lot. Yeah, I, I start watching now 20 minutes in because yeah. I can't take the commercials. Yeah, I, I, I think can't. I started about 10 minutes late so I could zoom through the commercials. Because, I mean, it's just, oh, my gosh, it's so crazy. and It's like, only 43 minutes. That's two minutes less. That's a lot of story in two minutes. Uh, it is. It really is. It's two pages of script. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, drives me crazy. Uh, but, hey, you got to pay the bills and keep the lights on, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the... I let's let's talk first about the blacklister mm-hmm. about uh, this crazy guy abducting children um, uh, to create this this up uh, to help humanity survive uh, wrestler love of meat gosling cars uh, that he keeps destroying by the way and um, wasting water. Yeah, I mean, wrestler Res- in particular. I mean, it's totally Res's fault. It's slamming into cars and destroying cars, and you know, I mean, because how much gas is he going through when he zoom, you know, hits the accelerator and goes yep. up to? Yep, there you go. Shame on you, wrestler. It's those stakes. Wrestler, you hate the environment. We knew it, man. Totally. Well, kidding. he hates bicycles. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, poor Res. We need to see Res like recycling or something. <laughs> Just to, just to redeem him a little there. He does recycle. He takes the cars to the to the um <laughs> to the uh, destroying place. You okay. Call that? Here's the theory: Russ has been trying to get them to get a hybrid vehicle for ages, so he's just going to destroy all the ones they have until they start buying hybrid. There you go. That's a good theory. I like that. There you go. Wrestler, yeah, the, the environmental terrorist. <laughs> 
Oh, poor Raz. <laughs> How did this happen? How did we get on this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's a fun search. Um, anyway, I, I, I particularly love the, the idea because, I mean, it kind of is crazy, but at the same time, it's not. It, it's, it's highly legal, completely moral, and yet totally logical. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed him. It's, like I said, especially the second round through when I was really watching it. And because he he's a true believer. Um, unlike back in season two, was it? With the, I'm blanking on their name, but with the redhead that he was going after for the key. Uh, the environmental group that that was poisoning everyone. Oh, um, help me no, um, the front. The front. Maddox Beck. Yeah, they were not true believers because they were poisoning everybody else, but they were getting out okay. They were the Adam and Eve, supposedly, mm-hmm. of their group. And so it was an interesting, you know, parallel there of someone that truly believes what, you know, because, I mean, as soon as he got arrested, is she okay? Is the little girl? Because that was his, as Wrestler said, his chosen one. He legitimately thought this child was going to save humanity. Mm-hmm. And and Lord knows what he had done to the other ones because the ma- genetic manipulations on this particular set of of triplets was to create a kidney resistance to drinking uh, salty water and to withstand uh, extreme heat conditions. And the so I imagine that he had been experimenting on other things that could happen, maybe the ability to process uh, plant protein more uh, efficiently or whatever uh, it could do to make us be able to survive in a hotter, drier um, environment, unable to grow animal protein or being in, you know, environments such as low oxygen or high, high contamination, high pollution. So any, I imagine that all those sets of kids represented one that had uh, one control and another one doing a, uh, an adaptation for harsh conditions, which remind me a lot of the way they describe the Capricorn killer adapted yeah. to to live in harsh conditions. Well, we've just had a lot of those of, you know, I mean, we've had a lot of environmental terrorists over the course of the six seasons, but mm-hmm. more and more it's been geared towards this kind of guy, just like you said, uh, you know, that they're they're not so much. Well, I mean, it, we we saw it back with uh, with the front too. I mean, they, like I said, they weren't exactly real believers, I don't think, but they said they were trying to save humanity, you know, in mm-hmm. that way by by acting. It's also it's save it's, the planet, kill yeah, humanity as well, a virus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's interesting. It's also this god complex that you and I have been talking about with Red. Mm-hmm. It's these people believe that they have all the answers that they are the only salvation humanity or the and or the planet has i find interesting in 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 just thinking about what you just said um we've had a lot of eco problems and a lot of blacklisters going with that but just as you were saying that something just being on my brain um we've we've gone from the total berserk ones 
like the front willing to kill off humanity because we were like a virus, like an invading organism, like, you know, basically uh, um, the, the bacteria that needs to be killed in order for the earth to heal into, you know, Gaia, for example, another one of the mm -hmm. eco-terrorists that was just basically creating environmental disasters in order to make people aware of the environmental disasters. Um, concept was a little weird, but then his real objective was to get back at humanity because his son had been born with, um, with, with uh, different. And he was dying. Yeah. Um, and um, into this guy, which is actually... It may be immoral, but it wasn't illogical. He was just, it's like, we don't have time for evolution because we're killing the planet too fast. Therefore, this is our only choice to survive. So illogical, logical, immoral. And, and it's a, in a way, it's a progression towards, towards being not, uh, to being unmaddened less mad than the ones in the mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning. These ones are very immoral as well, but logical. It was, um, I think it's also a callback to the beginning of the episode where Red was talking about that Liz lives in a world with rules that are already set for her and that he lives in a world, let's see, I actually have the quote written down. Uh, it says, you can mock it because you live in a world with inst institutionalized codes. Uh, where order's already been imposed by powerful forces outside yourself, where uh, where there are laws and rules for everything. I live in a world with no laws, no rules, and certainly no order, so I have to impose my own. And with with Riesel, I really felt like that's kind of how he was approaching it. It's like we're quickly, in his mind, we're quickly moving to chaos. We're moving quicker than anybody, you know, than the natural you know, microevolution yeah, can, can keep up with it. And so therefore I have to impose a new order it is my job. I'm the only one that can do this. And to do that, I'm going to ignore society's rules, society's morals to do for the greater good, what he believes is the greater good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was going about in a scientific mode with, you know, with having a, um, uh, parameter for this experiment and keeping a control. Uh, it was all very, and, you know, he wasn't, I, I don't know if he would have killed the, the, the kids or not, but they were, for him, it was just the way to save humanity. I got uh, the and, impression and, it was the, you know, the many over the few. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's a, and it's again, a moral quandary mm -hmm. that, you know, we're talking about and, um, it was a very fascinating blacklister. It, it, and the it, guy did a fantastic oh, job. so good. But, I mean, that's what makes a good villain, in which you can see where they're coming from. They're not just, a, you know, straight up crazy where you're like, well, I have no I, I can't wrap my mind around that dude. I mean, mm -hmm. you could. You could understand his logic. You may not agree with it. You may not like it. You may, it may make you sick to your stomach. But you can understand where his logical path in his mind was. And how he got to the point he was, I mean, he was brilliant, absolutely off the charts, brilliant. He was a leader in his field. Hmm. And that to me, and I would think to a lot of people, makes an excellent villain because it, it makes you stop and think about instead of just hating them, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And don't get yeah. me wrong. I was very happy he was, you know, stopped. Experimenting on children is a no-no. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, just in case you haven't seen uh, Jennifer Rampage in his writing, her writing about killing Red, and she always huh? struggles not to kill him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've only killed him once in a story. <laughs> I, you know, the body count tends to But consider it, consider it many times. <laughs> Consistently. Um, but that's different. And you that's... usually have it short how, how or stabbed. Did we, how did we get, I do that to Tom too, though. That's a sign of affection for me. Oh, um... <laughs> yeah. Okay, people, you, everybody heard that. In right? writing, in writing, not in reality. Totally. And I was about to say, how did we get from experimenting on children to killing Red? Oh, I don't know. We, we there was a jump there. there, friend. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's the way my mind works. It does bizarre There's a thing. connection in there. There was a logical path in there somewhere. Somewhere in there. If I trace it, I can probably tell you about it. But it's not worth it. So, okay, um, um, that was a blacklister. let can we, We've can we, had a lot going on with the task force. Um, I was actually going to say, since we mentioned it, can we go into the Red and Liz conversation at the beginning? Okay, you want to jump in that one? There's a lot to unpack there. Um, yes. Because I've seen it several times now. And I spent a lot of my free time yesterday just pissed off <laughs> fuming about it fuming fuming's a good word seething fuming all of the above um it just was so incredibly frustrating because i mean I i've talked a lot on the podcast before about how liz 100 percent has a right to know the moment that red crashed into her life she had a right to know what's going on he came into her life, he he has cost her either directly or indirectly through either actions or his secret or whatever. He has cost her her adopted father, the woman that, that was her nanny, her husband, and her child, who she may or may not get back. She's I, I don't trust that she gives Agnes back until I see Agnes with her. Um, and not to mention putting her own life in danger multiple times, twisting her psyche around multiple times, just dangling the secret out in front of her to keep her near, and then pulling it back, and then after a while, finally shifting completely over to, I'm never going to tell you this, it's none of your business. As mm. if that's not what he led in with of, I have all the answers, don't you want to know? Yeah. And it's just, it's incredibly manipulative. It's incredibly. So what mm. do you think it means? So I. I cannot kill you. Um, Not, I'm conflicted because. I, I am of I two am... minds here. I'm, I'm of two minds here. Um, <laughs> I have in my notes that I'm actually conflicted now. Because originally my, my gut reaction was. You son of a bitch. I mean, like, I got so mad. Just the, the arrogance of it all. The entitlement of it all. Of Do, of, do you have the, the actual quote? Yes. Um, I'm looking for it, but I yeah, can't um, find I've it. Yeah, I've got it. It's it's what I read off a minute ago. He said, you um, starts off with Red said, um, let's see. I'm not conflicted because. Uh, let's see. I'm not conflicted about killing you. I'm conflicted because I can't. 
because I I can neither kill nor trust nor forgive. Okay. Is the statement I- that he made. And so I'm of two minds about that. Mm-hmm. Part of it is that that I'm going into it going, okay, so you're pissed that you can't kill her? Really? But then after watching it several times and taking a little while to kind of process it and do what I've said so many times that other people need to do for other characters, I tried to take a step back, and I may not like it, but at least look at it from Red's point of view. And it's... One of the possibilities, one of the possible translations of Red Speak here is that he's, it's not that he wants to kill her. It's that after years of living in a world where that is how things are handled, she's the first person that has done anything that's directly put his life in danger that he can't. And it's just weird for him. He just can't process it. It's breaking something in his brain and he doesn't know how to process it. And so he's just going to shut her out emotionally. Because he okay. doesn't know how else to handle it. That's the only way I can see it that is not just makes me want to put my hands around his throat. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually coined the term red speak. I was the first person who, to use it. I use it in a, an, a question that I submitted to the Black Licks Exposed. And ever since it had become the accepted way to refer to the way. I thought Woken uh, Camp started that one. I didn't realize no. it was you. Yeah, it was me. That's cool. Kudos. It was me. Thank you. Um, and, and the reason I could always understand Red Speak is because I speak Red Speak. Um, and I do rely on you for a different point of view in helping me get out of my own head with Red. Because you do yeah. tend to think along his lines better. Yeah. I, not not probably something I'm, you know, be uh, writing on a T-shirt. Um <laughs> Unless I'm walking in a very bad neighborhood. And probably then people will be like, okay, that today is bad. <laughs> don't um, mess with her. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with her. Um, uh, people tend to think that if Red were saying, I wouldn't kill you, it's a good thing. And I cannot kill you is a bad thing. But the reality of what the words mean in dictionary and you know it's like it's like law that's that's how people get free on technicalities because the way the words really mean cannot express something that cannot be considered that it's inconsiderable that it just is unable to be even expressed as a possibility so red killing liz it's not a possibility. It, it's, it's off limits. It's not considerable. And such cannot kill you. It's the maximum expression of love in Red Speak. Because it's not that he is not, has the physical ability to take a gun and shoot her. It's because that it's a possibility that doesn't exist in his universe. That's what that means. I cannot kill you. He cannot forgive her. He cannot trust her. And thus, and even though he even considered killing Denbit and thought about it, killing Liz was never in the picture. He can't kill her. He can't forgive her. He can't trust her. 
and thus he had been put in exactly the same situation as Dom. He cannot kill Katerina. Katerina betrayed him, and you forgive because you love. Rhett cannot go into forgiveness. He's not the forgiving kind, but he cannot kill her. And that is stronger than anything else that Red has ever said as an expression of love to me. That's stronger than I offer my life for you because offer his life is, is an action he takes as, as his own free will. Whether I cannot kill you is anybody else, absolutely anyone else that would have done this to me would be dead. And then this transgression was not the same as hers. It was just keeping her secret, as he told her. But hers was put him in the, in the death penalty and whatever else that, that Red is doing that Liz doesn't know about. So to me, that's what it means. And that, to me, leaves a one possibility and one possibility only, which is parental love. See, the I... one person... I go back and forth on that because I, I well, uh, well, we've talked about it. Because when you say that, you don't necessarily mean biologi biological parent, right? No, I do not. Okay. Because um, so many people, when they say that, they mean literal. Like, I, I still consider myself a daddy gator. And I think a lot of people think daddy gate means he has to be her biological father. I don't. Because exactly for what they said in this episode... Blood does not make family. It's been a theme that's gone through again and again and again and again. Uh, we've seen it with so many of these characters. The task forces her family. You know, she and Tom were going to adopt. All of all of these things equal out to he does not. He's not required to be blood related no. to her to be her family, and that's powerful. I personally, as a huge advocate of adoption, I find that mm -hmm. incredibly powerful. I, I'll go one step higher than what you just said. Biology by itself makes nothing. Agreed. And, I mean, you see that when you have, for example, in the Kilgannon Corporation, how um, Colin killed Arthur, his father, and was fine with Red killing, uh, Red, uh, Red killing his mother because, hey, he was going to do it sometime, so spare me the work. Mm -hmm. And the mother gave him up. So the, the biological connection has nothing to do with it. What makes a parent have a connection to a child is the acknowledgement of the connection, of the parental connection or the, or the filial connection. Well, that makes not me, the biology. That makes me think back to, and my brain is just not coming up with titles today. I'm sorry. Um, the kids, the, the boys that were put out into the forest season two. Um, the Kenyan family. Kenyan family. Thank you. They became the watchers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the father pushed out all the boys into the forest and, let, and a lot of them died. Biological connection? No, no parental connection there. So I think that uh, yeah I do I don't think that parental means biology I think in this particular relationship it does but not as a continuation but I think that is part of that second chance that Red was talking about is that 
his biological connection to Liz means nothing. It, what would make him a father, because Sam was the one who raised her, what would make him a father is Liz loving him as such, regardless of the connection. Liz accepting him as such, regardless of the connection. Because that's what makes a family. A, a biology has nothing to do. You can have a child and be horrible to them. Like the, the father of the courier that had him fighting with uh, dogs because he couldn't feel pain. And there, there's been a lot of examples of biological connection of terrible parents and terrible children and non-biological connection in people who are devoting their life like Sam to this child. Mm -hmm. So there is, I think that that was, it, somebody in Reddit made this, um, this comment and I thought it was very interesting. I wish I could remember the name, but I can't. Um, this episode was a, a, a long parental advice to Red. Yeah, I could see that. It's I love Teddy's moment with him. Um, and you posted something up on Tumblr today connecting Teddy's statement about about uh, the unicorn, the unicorn. <laughs> and the fact that Agnes was riding a unicorn, which I didn't catch during the episode. I watched it twice and didn't catch it until I saw what you did. Um, yeah. But Teddy's advice to him was was absolutely beautiful. It's because, I mean, Teddy just he says it as it is. And I mean, he says it oddly most of the time, but yes. <laughs> he's kind of like Panda Baker. <laughs> he has a <laughs> yeah, it's a whole phrase. system of communication. Oh, gosh, I would love to see him and Panda Baker together. Now oh, that you see that. Oh, that would be amazing. This needs to happen. Come on, Blacklist writers. Do yeah, the thing. I mean, I, I just could see the scene like each one of them talking in their way. And nobody else understanding anything. Oh, and if Smokey were still alive, throw him in. Um, oh. Sad. But still, yeah. Teddy and Panda Baker. So, so but... that, that, there was a lot of, of, of things in there. First, making it into a family business doesn't mean that it's going to work. Just because you're suited for the job doesn't mean your kids are. Yeah. The second, that thing about the unicorn and then, you know, being like being stabbed by a unicorn which is a real pain being inflicted by something that doesn't exist like and that thing that doesn't exist is expectation that because somebody is your child they're going to share your principles your values your path your fears mm -hmm. they're not they are they are their own people and that is the hardest lesson in parenting is you just can't tell what your children will be you have to love them for who they are and when you expect them to be like you, you're going to be disappointed. And Agnes will be the unicorn stabbing Liz, like Liz had been the unicorn stabbing uh, Red, like Katerina was the unicorn stabbing uh, Dom. It's just, it's the pain of growth. I mean, it's it's the way life works. Yep. But I loved the comment in there when <laughs> Red got so defensive over, you know, firing Dimbe. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, your code is oh. like a, your code is like a suit and hat. You feel good wearing it. Look good too. Million bucks. And I got to think, you know, this deep down, it's like a, it's like lipstick on a pig. It can cover a lot of sins into the day. It's still trafe. Mm -hmm. It was just such a great line. And it just, Red's expression during, during all of that. And Teddy just, he says it. 
Like, oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, what's Red gonna do? Kill him? I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, important. try. Wait, wait <laughs> until I get my hands in you <laughs> and I'll get your your uh, avocados pollinated. <laughs> <laughs> Just sometimes he says things. I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds terrifying, Teddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bees and the guy needed to get his pants off. That already is like getting every guy out there just like <sighs> in panic mode the trousers you need to drop them (laughs) it's like oh (laughs) brimley bridges bridges sorry bridges yep that is i mean i've been stung by hornets and more than a hundred of them and i can tell you um it it was not in any part particularly um painful or sensitive but it was i tell you i would have probably would have said anything you know, I remember talking to you when that happened, and you were so loopy. Like, it yeah. made you physically ill. Yeah. Well, the the last time I had to have um, um, antihistamines in it. Oh. Like, because I was, yeah. Uh, there was like, you know, you're not going anywhere until I see that color going back to a resemblance <laughs> of normal human skin. You know, somewhat in the color between vanilla and dark chocolate, not, not, not cherry red. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! But no, Teddy was just—he oh, was, was such a saint. The whole thing. I mean, I loved him in this, and I always do. It's—I was a little frustrated when they brought him back, just because they took everything away from Red and they made a big deal out of starting over. But if they had to bring people back, I was glad it was Glenn and Teddy, and well, because I, I they, really liked the two of them. Yeah, and Teddy was very upfront. He came upfront told him to his face, mm. gave him what he needed for this thing, and said, listen, you have to understand, I'm not going to survive another stint in jail. Yeah. And you, you had Marvin in jail, you had Joe um, in jail. So there was a lot of going to jail thing situation. And Red understood that. And I think Red could respect that, and he did respect that. And that's probably why Teddy's back. It's uh, There was a, an episode of... Uh, Maybe three or four or five episodes back, it's it's been. I'm having trouble keep them, keeping them in, <laughs> in uh, remembering how many weeks ago it was. But <laughs> it's like Red wants to be his friend. <laughs> he was following him, going lunch. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it just it's so funny. I think he really, really respects Brimley and really likes Brimley. And so, I mean, of all the people that could say it, that might actually break through. The stubbornness that Red's buckled down into lately. Hopefully it's Teddy. I think that it's not stubbornness. Um, this was a very hurt Red. Um, and I think that in order to see that, and you will not see it until you're on Team Tessa. Red is not Ilya. Red is Raymond Reddington. And Raymond Reddington had a, a world of hurt upon him. His father excommunicated him for being a difficult child. Then he falls for this woman who paints him as a traitor. And you could see in that in that speech when he was at the trial that said, I've done, you know. He became a person who have done many horrible, immoral things, but none a traitorous one. And then that was for him 
the most horrible thing somebody could have done to him is take his honor, take his life, take whatever. No, don't take his honor. Don't make him into a treasonous person. And he has had his entire life at becoming what he needed to do to survive and to keep this safe and survive by a code of honor that he now find himself again hurt by somebody that that wants what they want and not i'm not saying list doesn't have a right i do but that does not mean that red is not hurt and since we do not know why red is doing everything that he's doing because that hasn't been answered we don't know yet why he's doing. He may have very good reasons. He may have bad reasons. He may have a mix of very good reasons with very bad reasons. He may be protecting Katerina and terrified at the same time that Liz will reject him. And he may have guilt and he may have fear. He may be, and that only makes him a human, but also he is also getting this God complex that comes naturally from having to be a god, having to impose order on the universe and survive. He's the hideous fish. He really is. I mean, that was such a great phrasing and setup for the path that he's on. And I made the comment to, to a couple people over the last, you know, 24 hours or so. I said, as angry as I am at Red, I'm really hoping, because we talked a lot about Tom's redemption arc, that... Because people got very angry at him at the end of season one, and a lot of people never came back from it. Um, but when they found out, you know, what he'd done and what was going on, that was the bottom of the barrel of his redemption arc. That was the lowest he went, where you found out who he was and that it was, you thought at the time it was all about the job. He hit rock bottom when he was in that boat. Um, and then once he got out, I guess he probably hit rock bottom when he was in Dresden. Um, but that whole spiel there in season two. And then he started his upward swing. I, I think that he hit rock bottom when he hit her in order to salvage the mission yeah. in order to help her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he started his upward swing. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's so mid season one through mid season two was his scraping bottom. And then the upward swing started when he showed up at her trial and said, I did the thing. Let her go. I that, don't that care to if me I is walk. when he emerged from the bottom, exactly. from, the, from the seat. Exactly. And so, from haters, that's your, your... What I've been saying for years about Tom and redemption arcs as a whole is that you have to scrape bottom. Now, sometimes you scrape bottom for a little bit. Sometimes you scrape bottom for a long while. Right now, Red has been scraping bottom for a long while. My hope is that he starts on the upward swing and we see that they work through and he's redeemed by the end. That has always been my hope. And uh, that's, I, I'm trying to remind myself every time I get really angry at him. Cause yeah, I mean, everybody's, he's got his point of view and he's hurt and he's this and he's that. You know, when Tom punched Liz in season one, he was trying to protect her. He was trying to save both to his To stay job. in the mission. Yes, yeah, stay with his job, stay with her, try to... He wanted everything, and he wasn't going to get it. And he hit rock bottom. 
And so I'm trying to remind myself that this could very well be Red's creeping bottom, and he's about to swing upward. And I hope so. Really hope uh, so. I, I think that what the, the one thing that I'm thinking there is that, as you say that, is that because we don't know what Red is trying to accomplish, that job that that Dembe talked about, about saving innocence, we don't know if he can get there because Red's Tom dilemma was more about his job versus the woman he loved. And he loved Liz, he just didn't know how to do it right. Rent's dilemma, it's a bit more complicated because I think his his job, the one Demba talks about, it's about saving innocence. It's, it's not just about Katerina. Is about what Katerina knows, and I go back to 311, in which she told him, you know, she's a secret keeper. We still don't know what the cabal is doing. We still don't know what is this all about. But I have a feeling that Red is trapped between a rock, a hard place, and a precipice. He doesn't have a lot of maneuvering left. He's trying to keep his mission that will save lives and will save innocents. He's trying to keep Katerina safe because Katerina is important for that objective and she needs to be alive for that. And at the same time, he's trying to get his second chance and keep Lee safe and, and to have that second chance. And I think that if he tries to move in one direction, he stumbles upon one of the other rocks and his maneuvering is very, very difficult. And it's it got recently even more difficult because now he cannot trust Liz. So now he's really, if he ever thought about telling her more things and telling her the truth as Tom said to do, or Carla was telling him to do. Or Dembe. Or, or Dembe. everybody that comes in contact with him that well, knows anything of the truth. Dom. Yeah, that knows it too. Yeah. Dom, Sam, uh, Dembe, or Carla. Everybody wants him to tell her the truth. No, not, 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 uh, not Kate. Kate wanted him away from his life. The people who don't know the truth want him to cut her free, cut her loose, like Emma, like Kate. The people who wanted to tell her the truth are people who actually know the truth. Um, Kate thought she knew, but I don't think she knew anything. So I don't I think, think she knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to from not everything to very little to probably nothing at all. How we can go on that later because I will take a lot of time. So that that those are my my thoughts on on what that means. I I think that that it means Red is really hurt. Red can't forgive, and this is making his the rest of his journey infinitely more dangerous, more lonely, and he has now lost everything that kept him tethered to humanity. Well, that's exactly what Dembe said to his imam that. You know, mm -hmm. this woman 
kept him on the the straight and narrow base. Well, I mean, not, even, not straight. And narrow. It, it was not a moral good, compass. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a much better way of putting it. And you know, now that he doesn't trust her, anything's game, mm-hmm. which is terrifying for a man as powerful and as dark as Red can get. Mm-hmm. So, um, that said, what did you make? About wrestler, do you think wrestler is going to let that go now that he has a name? Um, no, it's Russ. Um, I, I hope that they'll go at it together because I think Liz needs somebody to help balance her. Um, and wrestler tends to be pretty good about that now that he's more balanced. Um, and so I hope that they go at it together. I don't necessarily trust that they will <laughs> because it's the blacklist and people love to go at things alone. Um, but I, I do think that to a great degree, wrestler has a right to know who Red is. And that's... I, I was really glad because when they said, um, when, when Liz said, you did what you thought was best for me, I'm grateful for that. I hated that line because we've had an issue year after year of men that keep making decisions for her because they think they're doing what's best for her and leaving her decisions out of it. I mean, Tom did it again and again, season one, where he was lying to her nonstop. There were plenty of points, and I don't think he was there in his story, you know, where where he could have trusted her enough to tell her. But he made decisions for her. Red's been making decisions for her. It's It's happened again and again, and it's been a complaint across the, you know, the viewership. And so I was really uncomfortable when I was like, Russ, don't, don't join the crowd. <laughs> You know, like lessons have been learned in various degrees over the years, but don't don't do the thing, buddy. And so I was glad when it when it followed up later and it was more about the fact that he, you know, he did have a right to know and that he Mm And and I do think he continues. Like, Liz made the comment. She said that she's the only one that absolutely has a right to know when no one else does when they were talking about Cooper yeah, and Alon. I don't think so. I disagree with that. I think Red uh, – Red. I think Wrestler does. Um, I think the entire task force does. They're uh, working with, with, with him. I think, I think that- she should have a little more faith in Cooper because Cooper doesn't trust Anna McMahon. He's, he's coming out of the intelligence community. He's going to have the – Wherewithal well, that, but that's know. a plot thing because I yeah. think that that at that point, if they were to tell that to Cooper, Cooper would be like, "What? Are yeah. you guys insane? You calling me a, an idiot? Like I don't know who the guy is. I work with a guy, <laughs> you know? It's like, so they can't, they can't, they can't. Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, I am aware that it's a plot thing, but it just I'm like I have a little more faith in Coop. Um, but yeah, anyway, I I was well, glad that they so came from this back. Point of view, it makes sense because oh, yeah. as soon as she knew, he knew uh, she, that she was the, the Reddington's daughter. He said, "Well, I feel com- obliged to say this to my superiors." So, from her point of view, it kind of makes sense. Now, I think that wrestler is going to take that Ilya Koslov name. And run with it. I think he's going to keep digging. I think he may accidentally get Dom killed. If if yeah. those guys that were following him 
are after Katarina, it depends on who they are. If they're protecting Katarina, maybe not. If they're after Katarina, I think he may accidentally get Dom killed, which could be a big issue. Mm. I mean, because I don't think Dom's long for this world. I love him. I wish he weren't on the chopping block, but I have a feeling he's on the chopping block. Yeah. He's, he's not going to make it past midway season uh, next season. Oh, I don't think he'll make it that long. I think he'll die by the end of the season. I think, I, I'm not sure he'll get to see Agnes. I hope he does, but I don't think he will. Yeah, not in the uh, in the show doesn't have a good track record for happy moments. Um, Usually a happy moment. Or he may meet Agnes, they leave, and immediately come the goons and kill him. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of things they do. I, what did you make about that thing about Koslov being in the cabal? So that got to be another deleted scene. Yeah, I, it's either that or it was an assumption. Because I kind of went, what? When that, you know... When that mm-hmm. scene played off, because he was KGB, and maybe she misunderstood him. Maybe it's a deleted scene. I, it did not make sense, and so I'm just gonna kind of put a pin in that one and go. Mm. And you know, it does happen. This stuff slips through. Mm-hmm. That that things are made. Yeah, I mean, because you had the the bit in um, in Requiem, where she called uh, Rostov Kirk. Yeah, Alexander instead of Constantine. And, I mean, so every great once in a while, those kind of things do slip through no matter how many eyes are on the the script. Mm. And so that is a possibility. I hope not, though. I'm going to kind of put a pin in it and hope that it's not. Or, or, she had already investigated Koslov. Because... There's a week that passed between the end of last season, in her view, from from the Hong Kong incident mm-hmm. into this, this episode. So that is a um, that's a consideration that Lisa found a lot of things on her own that we only get to see or to learn on a little thing like this. Or like, yeah, I investigated the motel. It was in Dover. So. How much of Liz digging things up have done, been done? One of the things that 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 gets me into that direction, instead of being a little slip, is the fact that he she tells a wrestler that um, oh, talking about losing the track of my um, oh yes, about telling wrestler that he didn't. That she doesn't didn't have, that maybe you know there were holes in the story, and maybe that she's not really uh, believing them. But you know it makes for a sweet story, and yeah, after all, if this were a case, you would believe you have the evidence, you have the, the motive and opportunity. Hang on, hang on, you're, you're making it sound like she doesn't believe it at all, and I didn't get that from her. I got the impression that she thought that he sugarcoated some of it, but overall. The facts line up enough for her that while she thinks there are probably still questions out there, probably holes in his story, that the story is not complete, she is choosing to believe the story more or less as it was told. The the broad strokes of it, she's believing. Yeah. It's a possibility. The other possibility is what I think. I can only say in my defense that... When I started to to investigate and, and really get into Liz King's character, I proceeded from the assumption that what she was doing was justified. 
and that everything that you said had a reason. And that's how I came to be the only one in the fandom believing that she had a belief that Red was her father from the very beginning. And I wrote a post about it, the mercurial changes of Liz, and I was proved right. She didn't know, not exactly right. She didn't know, but she suspected from the beginning to the point of making a DNA test, something that I had predicted she had done, and then threw it out because she was not, not able to process that part. So I think, yes, there's a possibility that she believed that he's Ilya Koslov, and she's just willing to just let it go with that and take him for who he is, just as she told him. But I don't discount that there is a possibility that in that week that she's been going AOL, had in the two weeks that have passed since uh, when the beginning of this episode, as she tells uh, Red, she had actually been investigating Koslov, and that's how she arrived at the Cabal thing, and that's how she arrived at the fact that that story may be all part, everything, just a complete fabrication. But whatever it is, the end result has that she said, whoever you wear, you are my father and Agnes' grandfather. Yeah. So I don't know, and I'm not ready to make a, 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 a bet on that, but I'm leaning towards she investigated Koslov. She found out who he was. I think he is missing too. Um well, I mean, it's interesting the fact that, I mean, when Ilya became Raymond Reddington, you know, went under surgeries, became Raymond Reddington, what did they do to explain Ilya's disappearance? Yeah. That, um, that question wasn't even broached in the show. No. I think that that would come from wrestler point. I think that Wrestler is the one who's going to go after him. I think that there, he will find out that that whole story that he was KGB and working in the Russian embassy, there was no Russian embassy, it was a Soviet Union embassy, but um, it's a whole... But I think we found the pencil pusher. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's not a question there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cooper have a beautiful, beautiful... Um, that was another parental lesson by Cooper. Oh, families who you made my, my only complaint because the his lines were just beautiful. I mean, it just hit me in all the right places, except mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it drove me nuts because everything was so gorgeous. And I know mm-hmm. why it was a setup for a line later, but it just. He said no one would blame the parents for walking away. And I'm like, that's not true. Everybody would blame the parents for walking away from their nine-year-old kids just because they found out they're not biologically theirs. Like, yeah, a lot of people would judge them for that. Now, thankfully, none of them were, and that wasn't a thing. But to say that, I was just like, oh, it hurt. It well, hurt but it worked, it worked with the story. It, it needed to be said in order I know, to make I know. the story That's what, what I said. it was. I know, I know exactly why it was said. It was a setup for lines in a, in a couple minutes later. It still hurt. I mean, because it's like, no, mm. everybody would blame them. <laughs> Normal people yeah, would You can't them. take it so seriously. Uh, it's, adoption's a big thing for me. It's, it's a hot, hot issue it's, for me. It's, a not a, it's not an issue for me, and I was perfectly fine with the lines. Okay, then it's just me. But otherwise, those lines about chosen family were so beautiful. I loved it. Loved um, it. We do have 
uh, three questions or comments from okay, uh, fans have, of the podcast. Okay, I have one more. One oh, more point. Okay. Um, Liz. Huh? Yeah, sorry. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz's comment at the end saying she has a code of her own. Love wins. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Respecting? On respect to? I, I thought general. it was great. Huh? Okay. Um, it's, it's very much what Liz has been. Liz is forgiving. Not that she doesn't, she's forgiving after she exerts punishment mm-hmm. and that's a reason that's a different with red i mean she definitely punished um uh, tom about it that's something that she shares with her mother-in-law who also thought you little lying piece of excrement i'm <laughs> going to have solomon give you a little beating about that about lying to your mommy um <laughs> so i think that that liz is forgiving and Liz is, is about it's all about love, and at the end it's all about family. When somebody is your family, you will forgive them. And she has forgiven Red for a lot of the bad things she has he had done. He had killed Sam without allowing her to say goodbye. Um, his secret and the fact that he couldn't trust anybody uh, was the cause that Tom died, uh, and Tom's big headedness. Um, and I think that that at the end, that's the theme of the show. Love wins. It has great cost, but love wins. I've put it into my things that make me think Tom's coming back <laughs> category. Um, I now at the moment, I I think. Well, let me back up here. I think that it has to do with a lot of things. I think it's an overarching statement that Mm -hmm. has to do love being so many different types of love that you have. Like we were saying earlier, the the task force is her family. Red's her family. Agnes is her family. Tom is her family. And so I think at the end... Squatty is her family. Yeah, heaven help them. Um, (laughs) But I think at the end of it, that to be able to have to be able to recover and not have this super super dark ending i almost think she's um, she needs to have her family back her the go back to that original um that original dream that she had of walking through through the park with their child between them and her husband on the other side and I, I think that that is love wins for her, uh, is having that family. It's chosen family. It's, you know, it's everything. And so that's, I, I'm not at all trying to take away from the moment between her and Red there, because right then it was about them. But I mm-hmm. think, I, I definitely, it got lobbed into my bucket of, Possible I think, of possibility. Yeah, of given the last couple episodes, that man doesn't sleep anyway, I don't think. I'm convinced that he mm. just doesn't sleep. <laughs> but <laughs> it's fine. They all shoot New York. It'll be all right. Um, I, yeah, I think he'll be back the last couple episodes in the that it'll be faked. And we brought Scotty up. And this is an episode we barely heard Tom's name this season. 
it came back around right as she in the same episode talking about family and that love wins. And mm-hmm. that just and Agnes and everything. Like it's yeah. all you know those you know how you talk about those themes and those pieces of the puzzle that are scattered and you can't it's like so many people could say well I don't see that you're like but I see it and it's there and I'm reaching for it like that's how I feel right now and I'm hoping it's Um, coming (laughs) all right questions I I want to also say that my the unicorn thing that I posted I just want to actually give credit to uh one of our uh listener uh Desdemona one two three one she's the one who got that so oh. not me, that was her, all her. Um, she's And then she's one of the few believers in my crazy theories. So. <laughs> um, I, I, one of the, the things that impacted me about this, just to close this, is, is this and go into the, uh, the comments we have, uh, or at least a few of the comments. I don't know if you're going to have time for all of them, but we can always get some of them in the next episode. Is that there is a very heavy thing in, how Liz have actually dangled family as the the subject of the theme of this season. She was telling um, Jennifer, you know, but we found each other. We're family. This is what matters. Um, then now she was telling Red it was a family. Before it was all Sam is the only family I have. Tom, it's the first time we feel like family. Um, and she was happy when she was on the run with Red. She was happy in season five when she thought she had found her father. Um, and I think that, the, and now she's coming back. She was happy when she thought Kirk was her father, conflicted because she had behaved so badly, but still willing to save him because he was her father. Uh, and I think that that's a theme of, of the show is the family. Love conquers everything. And it's, it's Love the... Wins. Yeah. Um, there's also of the children in peril that has been by now. We also have we have added now Jennifer was in peril. She spent her life on the run. Um, wrestler spent her uh, was his child who was shaped by the father being killed. We have Tom think, growing, thinking up that he has been tossed out. Liz felt feeling abandoned as a child and needing to find her parents. Uh, Samar got her father's her parents killed. And had to become a de facto parent to the, the brother only to have that. Agnes is growing up with a grandmother. Uh, the um, We only have, and Cooper has a father being labeled a, a terrorist and enemy of the people. And now we added Red now being excommunicated by her father for being a difficult child. So there's there's a lot in this and about how being in intelligence or in or in uh, uh, or being a cop can actually have such an impact on families. Like they they give up so much. Uh, Tom died. A wrestler fiance died, and then he found that he was going to be a father. Samar uh, had to be out of of, of uh, Aram's life after finding love and, and, and making different choices than the one she thought she was going to have. Uh, Aram is now forever separated from Samar. Red seemed to have lost Katerina. Cooper's uh, wife had an affair because he put work before her and she felt alone and then repented of it, but nonetheless. 
the Hargrave relationship deteriorated because of the taking of Tom, which those me imply that had something to do with her. Um, Dom and Virginia were in hiding. Um, it just seems like everything is about this immense loss and immense love that just permeates everything. So I love the way this, <laughs> like, this episode is. Uh, no, it's just like I, I'm amazed at how you get an episode like this. And like all the themes are starting to coalesce together. They are. I saw someone the other day say that they used to think that that there were so many themes in the show they didn't think so anymore. And, you know, I've had a lot of complaints over the years, but themes are not one of them. They, they have some very strong themes. Um, so, uh, Blacklister214 says she's Team Ilya because that's who Dom think Red is. And Red said, what did you tell her? I know who I am. What else? He's also giving Red permission to find Liz and tell her the truth if he, if he didn't make it. Also, I don't believe in the Redarina theory. And if he was a real Raymond Reddington, he wouldn't have such a big deal over the bones, at least to Liz. Raymond Reddington had no reason to protect Ilya's family. So if the truth got out that... Raymond Reddington was really Ilya, it wouldn't negatively impact him. What do you make of that? I have a lot of questions about does Ilya have a family who's bubble girl? That's There are a lot of question marks there for me. Um, I haven't fully accepted that, yes, definitely he has an alternate family that he just straight up abandoned and now is feeling nostalgic about in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because that doesn't quite fit I don't understand how that would fit and so I just have a massive question mark over that one um in general you know I'm team Ilya I I believe that there are more more check marks for me in the story is mostly true I agree with her that she said that that Red gave Dom permission to to tell Liz the truth after Red was dead and he goes to him and he says, you know, I know who I am. Now, what what all did you tell her? And so it's I, I got the impression from the show that he was saying, yes, I know who I am. But how much of the story did you tell her? Where did you stop? Did you leave anything out? How much damage control do I need to do right now? And how is this going to come back on me? Okay. Because it, it goes back to to you know when you don't know that you don't know something it opens secrets put people in danger and mm-hmm. so it's he's now for once the person that isn't quite sure how much someone else knows which is very rare for red and that makes him uncomfortable and so i think that's what that whole conversation was uh, i you know i think that i know who i am and i know who you told i was because he knows who it is he has no reason to say that um, I thought that the, I, I do believe that there was an Ilya Kozlov, and I think that's the guy under the tree with a K mark on it. K, Kozlov. Yeah. Now, Katarina loved this man. Um, I see Reddington, Raymond Reddington with a K, K for what? Um, I think it was that. It's I think that that's who it is. And why is he keeping the bones? Because we don't really know what the what the relationship between 
the who the real Ilya Kislov was in Katerina, I think is a key to finding who Katerina really is or who she is now. So I don't know. That's all. That will happen, but I think that you have to wait. Um, Mij Misha one nine one eight one. I am now butchering your name as I usually do. Um, for now, Team Tessa, I don't believe Ila did everything for Liz only because he promised Katerina. I don't believe it either. I I don't either. I think that there's more to it. And I think that there has to be a connection there. Even though I believe Ilya's red, I think that there's part of the story we haven't heard because we also haven't seen the Hobson's choice, as I've said multiple times. So I think there is a place in there in which Ilya connected with little Masha either before the Hobson's Choice, which would make sense to me that there was a brief time in which they were a family. I mean, it would have to be super brief, but I mean, it's a possibility. And it's also possible that he saw her as a child and connected with her, you know, while he was working for the embassy. And if Katerina brought her in and they were childhood friends, they obviously knew each other, worked with each other regularly, there are a lot of different places in there, but I think to make this make sense, there has to have been a connection there. And because we have so many spots that we still have holes that need to be filled and, and questions answered, there are plenty of places for that to have happened. Okay. Yeah, you know, my 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 idea on the Hobson shows, I think it was Katerina, because Red didn't really... Um, nurture the child and and taught the child. Katerina was the one who had Masha. So that to me is like, that's Katerina. He's just putting herself, himself in her place. And for the Rederina believers, they do. Uh, they do completely see that. Um, ha, Jen5225, which is not you. Did it you is know not me. That? Yeah, am, it's not you. I am not going deep cover under multiple names <laughs> in order to leave all the blacklist comments. <laughs> no. Plus, this Jen, you Jen, don't really believe in my theory farther than you can throw a boulder. I'm not a Carlerina person. Sorry. Cheers. No. Uh, you know which side I'm on. That story of Dom is a nice, convenient fairy tale. Even Liz knows that. Wrestler is already suspicious and is going to continue to investigate. Will he be the person who finally gives Liz the truth? I think so. Wrestler is a dog with a bone. Now he got a chewy one. <laughs> All right. Is that the last one? That's the last one that we have because I put it this morning and we usually yeah. record, so no time for more. Sorry, guys. I'm going to see in-game this afternoon, so we had to record, <laughs> record a bit There earlier. are things that have priorities and you know where they are. Yep. Yep. I, you know, it's for anybody that follows me on Tumblr, it's not like you could tell I'm a MCU fan or anything with my Loki helmet on. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, it's such an old picture, too. I need to find another Loki helmet and take Why? an updated picture. That's a picture. good one. Oh, I love it. It's... But it's like a... God, the picture's like eight years old. <laughs> Nobody could really see your face. It doesn't That's really matter. True. I'd like to think I haven't changed a whole lot, to be totally honest. I mean, I look fairly similar. 
You're in head surgery? You need to go to Dr. Collar. Oh, wait, he's I dead. Know. But Matt's alive. Just go, you know, change my face, yeah. find a different life to live. It'd be fun. Be freeing. Yeah, yeah I wonder who uh, is Agnes going to take after. Oh, goodness. Well, I guess I'll uh, Yeah, Liz is going to teach her... I wonder what, to be an FBI agent or to be in the run, to be undercover like daddy. Protect yourself, I think is the key. Mm -hmm. All right, so is that about it for this week? That is. All right, you guys can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And you can talk to us on Facebook, on Tumblr, and on Twitter. And until next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.